Okay, I. So I want to talk about uncut gems, but first I need to figure out who in the hell Wayne Diamond is. Wayne Diamond, not Wayne Knight, not Neil Diamond. Put them together, <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Diamond. Diamond. Uh, so uh, everybody, welcome to Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake, and I'm Travis Tate. Thank you for listening. Here on the today, it's going to be the unje- uncut gems cast. Unjud Kims. I like the unjud unjud Kims. Unjud Hirsch. No, <laughs> no juds in these chemicals. Which Judd Hirsch? Why Nona and Naomi? It it is it is really pleasant to occasionally go into a movie and not know a ton about it. <laughs> Basically, all I really knew about Uncut Gems going in. I mean, I actually I probably knew more than I should because uh, we talked we talked a little earlier that I had seen. Um, uh, I had seen Good Time, which is the previous movie of these. What? Who are these people? Gambleholics. Gamble? No, 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 no. Is that what Good Time's about? No, Good Time is just kind of about a dirtbag trying really hard to get through a night. Ah. But uh, it, your the, phone's making that buzz, by the way. Oh gosh, damn it. <laughs> you got to I'm trying really hard. The Sad Fee, the Sad Fee Brothers, with this uh, Bronstein guy that they wrote it with. I'm going to try and put the phone down. You're gonna have to have to. I'm gonna have to try and remember a lot. Put the of stuff cookie now. down. Put the cookie now. Do it now. But uh, that's from uh, Jingle All the Way. Is it? Yeah, it's where uh, I think I only saw Phil Hartman is once. over at Arnold's house. Put the cookie and down. And he's all, yeah, I'm helping your wife bake cookies. And that he's like putting the right. moves on, putting the moves on Tom Hanks's wife. What's her name? Uh, Rita Wilson. He's putting the moves on Rita, Rita Wilson. Hayworth. I'm like, no, no, you're thinking of the Shawshank Redemption, Jay. And uh, Arnold's standing there on a payphone, and he goes, "Put the cookie down." <laughs> I I really genuinely think I only saw that once. Which that's that's funny. That, that's it seems plenty. that we've. Uh, it feels like we've come around a little bit on Jingle All the Way. That that seems to be people like Jingle All the Way now. My son made me watch it this Christmas. Just because it's so bad that he he loves it, he loves the fact that it's terrible. And Sinbad is good in it. I maintain like <laughs> Sin. Okay. If it wasn't for Sinbad, that would be one of the worst movies ever made. But Sinbad carries that movie. I'm looking at Sinbad right now. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's, we're, we're, he's looking at me like, what are you going to say something about me? <laughs> we're in the green room at uh, Wise Guys Jordan I Landing really do. in Utah. Like, I feel uncomfortable now. Yeah, he he is kind of giving us and the Carlos Mencia is going to back him up on that. <laughs> I think Sinbad has given us the thanks thanks for the shout out, guys. Thanks yeah. for giving me credit in that movie. No, uh, if, if memory serves me correctly, from my one viewing of Jingle All the Way. Isn't Sinbad kind of the uh, John Candy character from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles in that? Like sort the, of. Well, like he's I'm, a little more unhinged, though. I'm sort of, yeah. Like the sort of, like, I'm, a, I'm antagonistic. I'm kind of annoying. By the end of this, we're going to be friends and find out that I just, I'm just lonely. He's a little character. He's a little more like, I'll stab you in the back to get that toy for my kid. Uh, Sinbad's family is, is actually alive, though, in Jingle All the Way? As, as far as we to, know. I don't know. As opposed to... I know he goes to jail. But he gets to give his kid a, a Turbo Man doll. Dude, isn't it uh, in Planes and Trains and Automobiles? Oh, spoilers for that movie, by yeah. the way. Is that you find out, you find that out pretty late in the movie that his... His name's Del something. Can't remember his last name. His fa- is his family dead or he's just divorced? His wife is dead. Yeah, his wife has passed. Okay. I don't know if he ever had kids. It seems like he didn't have kids. But he was very in love with his wife and she had died and... You he, find that he was out still, late. That, like, that's a, a bit of a what a twist in it. He was still living the life of a married fella. Okay. Out of respect for his, his lovely wife. 
because she likes him and he likes him. That's that's the big speech he gives. I think I like myself and my wife likes me. And I don't know why you yes, don't like me. Yes, I do. Okay, I do. <laughs> That's not supposed to be funny. Speaking of things that aren't supposed to be funny, but kind of end up being funny. Remember back in the 80s when we were talking about Uncut Gems? Yeah, that was two decades ago. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, I'm behind. That's four decades ago. <laughs> so I, uh, I went and saw Uncut Gems. And I, I told you this story, but I'm going to retell it here of I went and saw it by myself, which is... Everybody talks about the whole like, oh, treat yourself. You can go. It's okay to go to movies. It's okay I to go to dinner it. by yourself. I'm a fan. But you're a you're a, a man of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my I'm wife, a road man. My wife is in Hawaii right now. She's mm-hmm. having a nice vacation. Hawaii. And so I thought I'd treat myself, and I could not. Though I've though I take Gabe to R-rated movies, I could not bring myself to take Gabe to see Uncut Gems. I. Yeah, I briefly toyed with the idea, Travis. Do you think he would have liked it? I, from what I've heard, it sounds like I don't think he would have liked it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would like it. I don't think he would have. Ha- it's not like I, I think he would have hated it, or he'd been like, "Dad, it was bad for you to take me to this." I think he just would have been relatively indifferent and bored toward it. I've talked to several comics about it. I know Steve Renazizi is one I talked about it. Uh, Keith Stubbs, who owns Wise Guys, is another one, and their reviews were it's it's a good movie. It's good. But it makes you like feel really bad when you leave. It's kind of like I how I how I describe Joker to people. Like it's a well made movie. I will not knock the movie, but it didn't make me feel like I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'd kind of be interested in like hearing kind of some of Keith's takes. I wonder. I don't know. I wonder if Keith like saw, uh, you know over the years like there he's dealt with several of what Adam Sandler's character is like in that movie. I don't know. Just sort of he's. He's, does he have like sketchy? Uh, he's very sketchy. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, like, does he have to deal with like uh, managers and no? It's like just, agents and stuff like that. It's just more like his character is a guy who is chasing success, who makes bad decisions, and who is kind of addicted to chasing success and making bad decisions. Ah. It's very much about. So it sounds like comedians. He's definitely someone who's. <laughs> I didn't want to. I don't want to put any people's feet to the fire who I obviously don't know and wouldn't want. You know. Oh, just look around this room and look at some of the posters. And... Oh. <laughs> How's mean Garza? She's definitely like that. <laughs> I don't know her. Per- you know her. It's the only person I technically <laughs> feel safe doing that to, and probably I'm not safe doing that. I'm honestly. up there. I'm over here. Travis Tater, you like yeah. that? Uh, no. No, it's uh, it's very much. I'd be more successful if I was. It's it's very much about gambling addiction, and uh, from a few people I know online, <laughs> big man online, uh, from a few people I know online who have said that they've wouldn't necessarily be gambling addicts, but kind of are gambling enthusiasts. Maybe mm. say that some of the character that he's portraying, like they they felt like, oh, that is a lot of what it's like. To kind mm. of have that sort of fever, that kind of excitement in the highs and lows of. So that's what, I mean, it, it's a similar thing to the same, I don't know, you get dopamine or whatever when you're playing video games where it's probably like a similar brain reaction. Obviously, it's a completely different activity and playing video games, you're not going to lose your mortgage. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you're not gonna, like when you lose a round of, or, you know, when you lose or win a round of Call of Duty, you know, they're not going to send anyone to break your legs. They're just right. going to get some messages from a kid that's going to call you a bunch of slurs. We're talking about gambling. I'm going to put the football game on in the I, background. I like, are you going to look up on uh, YouTube, Kenny Rogers, <laughs> no. the gambler, the video? 
Oh no, we're just oh, watch, turn, watching get boomerang. boomerang. <laughs> I'm gonna turn the volume oh, down Tom so we don't Jerry's get sued. <laughs> wow. So keep talking about so, uncut gems. Uh, kind of the big the big thing hovering around this is um, is obviously is Sandler's performance, which he is really he is definitely acting his face off in this movie, doing very well. Um, I will say there's a little bit of an up and is down. Is he married to Jennifer Aniston in this one? No, he is married uh, to Adina Menzel, if, uh, I, if I said that correctly. Did he have to let it go? No spoilers, Travis. <laughs> no spoilers. Uh, pretty much everyone in this movie, like, before I get into Sandler, everyone in this movie is, um, is amazing. And I'm not going to say... Even Kevin Garnett? Kevin Garnett, very good in the movie. That's yes. what I, I keep asking everybody that, and they go, yeah, he did a great yeah, job. Kevin Garnett. So I'm going to tell you, Kevin Garnett, very good in the movie. All of the uh, fake basketball games going on in the movie, done very well. Hmm. The, only pro- the only thing that felt like, okay, this is the movie version of it, is at the end of it, there's an interview with him post-game, and it looks pretty... Like, um, I think the thing about it is, like, uh, anytime I've ever seen basketball and like their interviews during after whatever halftime whatever interviews with the players, everything seems super lit up. Mm-hmm. It, there, there's just something about this part at the end that just felt like it was produced for a movie, mm-hmm. and that's that's a very small thing to say about it. Right. Um, everyone in it, very good. Uh, uh, Judd Hirsch popped up. Judd Hirsch have not seen Judd Hirsch in a while. Uh, that I can recall. I, I feel like I saw him not too long ago. Anyway, Judd Hirsch uh, has looked old for his whole life, right? Yeah. I mean, that's we were kind of discussing that before we started. I thought he was like 50-something years old. Like the first time I ever saw him, probably in Taxi when I was a little kid. Well, we established he was... Uh, but Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd, they all looked old on that too. <laughs> and they're all still around and Danny kicking DeVito and Danny DeVito had a case of Danny DeVito, though. But it's kind of weird how that whole cast. I would bet. You know what? I'll I'll bet. I would bet. Tony Danza still does stuff. (laughs) Tony Danza. But he looked young, you know? Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, I would bet that everyone. I wouldn't be surprised if all three of those guys are roughly the same age. I smell a taxi reunion. Yeah, there you go. The only one that's not around still is Andy Kaufman. Everybody else is still around. Hey, Andy Kaufman's still out there, Trav. Yeah, that's true. That would be a reason for him to come back. He could. He could, could just have Bob Zamuda play him. <laughs> Hello, I am here to hey, fix the cars. His ghost resides in Jim Carrey, apparently. So it, there you it go. It could always happen. That's true. Just uh, let Jim Carrey act like Andy Kaufman, but put on that series of unfortunate events old makeup. Travis, <laughs> if you'll recall, Jim Carrey wasn't acting the part. Oh, yeah. He became He, was, he Andy became Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. And he's been crazy ever since. And he could... <laughs> becoming Andy Kaufman again is always a threat. Method acting. You're just an asshole <laughs> who wants an excuse. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, um, so you liked it, though? I really, really liked it. Uh, How many Prozacs would you give it? Uh, <laughs> I would give you a prescribed dose. <laughs> no, uh, so uh, here's the thing. Adam Sandler, extremely good in it. There is a part where he has a kind of a breakdown toward the end of the movie that portrays a man having a having a breakdown in a way that felt very uncomfortably real for me 
in ways that I've maybe related to of this is a guy who is just broken and he's talking out loud and he doesn't know what he's saying and it's all <laughs> very embarrassing. And I was like, wow, Jim Carrey? Not Jim Carrey. We're, I'm stuck on it. <laughs> wow, Adam Sandler. This a- Adam Sandler. This is genuine in a way that like I think a lot of breakdowns in movies are people acting and they still want to sound profound even though right. they're at their breaking point. This is him just kind of babbling and saying just what just kind of saying these raw emotional things and it's high quality H2O. And you're you're definitely H2O. you're definitely landing on something <laughs> in that um <clears throat> I would be super interested to talk to someone younger who maybe isn't super tuned in to comedy Adam Sandler mm. to look at his performance because as much as I would like to it is very difficult uh, at many points in that movie where he's getting excited or agitated and kind of get caught up in it really just feels like Happy Gilmore is yelling at these people because <laughs> specifically when because you were you were touching upon of when he's doing this kind of voice, that's very much that's very much a character. But when he's yelling at people, I think that might be just what Jim Carrey sounds like when he yells at people. You mean Adam Sandler? Gosh, <laughs> I'm I've been hoisted upon my Jim Carrey petard. Now you went to to uh, into the character, and be- now you've become Andy Travis, Kaufman. I've become Andy Kaufman. Oh no! Oh god! Andy Kaufman really. I'll go get you some bongos and a Mighty Mouse record. Oh, boy, I hope I can get away from this. Adam Sandler. I uh, think that's can just I, what. Well, can I say right? something's going to catch me a lot of crap? I've watched some Andy Kaufman stuff. <laughs> I don't think he's funny. Um, I know. You had to be there. It was genius. It was um, all right. I don't know that he's my cuppa either. I don't. I don't think he's funny. <laughs> I don't know that and he's my cuppa. People either. that do that stuff on stage now, I don't think it's funny. <laughs> I maybe I maybe put him into the category of he was probably influ- influential in a way that like there are some comedians that I really like who are heavily influenced by him, or that he uh, forwarded the cause of comedy in some way. But I've never really seen any Andy Kaufman. I don't know. I think there was there was times where he. Pretty much went up there and held the stage hostage, from what I've heard. And nobody could get up there, and they wanted him off, and he wouldn't get off. And not necessarily like he would just read books. Not necessarily him. Into the microphone. There, there are people. I, I'm sure that there is something like that that I've respected in my time. Just not him necessarily. Maybe, maybe. Just not him. I would rather watch Steve a, Steve O staple his testicle to his leg. It, than and that's watch anything Andy Kaufman's ever done, including the, the classic heart beeps. It, like uh, you know, um, Jim Carrey crawled so that Steve O could run, and by that I mean <laughs> Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman crawled so that this Steve is could so run much math. I am lost. <laughs> <laughs> so again, what I was saying though, I didn't is, carry the two. <laughs> I think that I and I'm I, I am happy to fight against this because my brain already just went. No, you want to say Jim Carrey? No, brain, knock it off. We want to say Adam Sandler. We want to say Adam Sandler. Well, whoop a doo I think that that way that Adam Sandler, what I thought was him putting on a character, putting on a character, what about yours for me yesterday? <laughs> that might just be how he yells at people. Could be. Which must make it very difficult for the people in his life when he really does get mad at them to hold on to that. It would also be funny. It's similar to like if he started yelling at you like like Billy Madison, you would probably start laughing. Yeah, but people at some point people have to take him seriously. Like I, probably the same thing about Dave Chappelle is 
sometimes Dave Chappelle really needs to have a serious conversation, and there have got to be times where it's really hard to tell. Yeah, Dave Chappelle there's, here. I think we've talked about it. There's that, that video where he had to go to some town hall or some sort of, uh, some sort of like local government meeting, and he's being he's trying to seriously talk about something, and you can hear people kind of chortling because he has a cadence and he has a voice that even right. when he's being serious, right. it just still sounds kind of funny. I guess that's why some comics become characters, so they can just step away from it yeah. and leave it. So, Uncut Gems, um, I, I will say, uh, if anything, I kind of wish that I hadn't watched that show I was telling you about, that movie I was talking about, Good Time, because uh, Uncut Gems has a somewhat similar arc to it that mm, this didn't necessarily kill it for me, but I was able to kind of guess a few of the beats going on just mm. because, like, ah, this is this is kind of going the same way Good Time goes. Are you saying it was plagiarism? Well, it's the same people. Oh, it's the, it's same, the same people. The same I didn't two, know it was the same directors. The same two directors. They're brothers, right? They're brothers, and the same guy that wrote Good Time with them. Oh, uh, okay. That. Well, that makes sense. So they just did a bigger version of it. I heard someone talking about that this movie was kind of a big, like, this is the, this is our dream project movie for them. That may, this is like know? their Evil Dead. Is this, this is Evil Dead 2 to them? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I've never seen either of those. I've seen Evil Dead 2. I think I've seen the first one. Army of Darkness is the most fun, but they're all well, I'm, they're all I mean, pretty but, silly and but, fun. But uh, Army of Darkness <clears throat> is different in a way that, say, Aliens is different than Alien. In the right, like um, from what I understand, Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two are horror comedies, capital H on the horror, where uh, Evil or Army of Darkness is a horror comedy, capital C on the comedy. Definitely a capital C on the comedy, and it goes back to like uh, medieval times, which is fun. Yeah. But I, I've also heard that uh, that Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two are very similar in premise. Clatu Barada to the to the degree that I uh, I had heard people talk. About it's this. basically a remake of the movie. That's what I've heard by the that's same what people. I've heard. They just they actually had a budget. Travis, that's what I've heard. <clears throat> a little bit of a budget. Speaking so, of budget, huh? I've been watching the prequels, <laughs> the Star Wars prequels. Travis, are we going to have to have a fight? No. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> One thing I took away, and I don't think I noticed it at the time, just because it was so new and computer animation was just so, oh, you can do this and you can do that. But watching back, it just feels hollow. Because you know they're just walking around a green screen. There's really not a lot of practical effects in any of those movies. That's what I heard people actually. And it though, feels was, soulless. That was what I heard people talk about within kind of the time of the prequels of this being definitely all special effects feels feels hollow. Yeah. Oh. I George I Lucas is George Lucas. I'm is sorry, like, George. What are you, why are you why are you bad mouthing my movies? <laughs> Don't talk about the prequels that way. I'm here with Adam Sandler. That's how George Lucas sounds when he's mad at people. <laughs> I'm here with Jim Carrey. <laughs> but uh, we also started, uh, me and my son, we were watching um, the Clone Wars well, let's not, show. We've let's been... not get away from the prequels just okay. yet. I, the reason we're watching the Clone play Wars. in this area. I want to watch Rebels because I've never seen her. I've seen most of Clone Wars, I think. But my son uh, insists we have to watch <laughs> them in order. And he's got the actual order of the show. Like, this one actually takes place before this one, so we have to watch this one out of order. And I'm like, wait. Oh. Wait, did, 
is your son the kind of guy like you're gonna have to take breaks from from Clone Wars to watch some uh, something else? Or I, I guess I'm not I'm not entirely sure what his his plan is. He got some order off of Wikipedia or something, and this is the correct order. Kind of gross. So yeah, we're hey, watching look, man, it in that order. If he if that makes him happy, if he likes it that way, more power to him. So we're going through and. Clone Wars is a lot of fun, Con- considering it's all animated. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said about short stories for the Star Wars movies. Yeah. And th- I think they did the right thing with Mandalorian. Some of the episodes are only like 35 minutes long, and that's fine. Why make it an hour if you don't have to? Why put in a bunch of filler if you don't have to? I uh, Clone Wars is definitely one of those series that if you could take a pill... That would be all of Clone Wars. I would love to do that because <laughs> Clone Wars is something that I I would like to kind of have the I would kind of like to have the experience of like all of Clone Wars. But every time I bumped up against it, the the early episodes where they're the the early episodes and they're treating it a lot more like a what what am I thinking of like war films a serial a ser- a war serial. That stuff I didn't really didn't really click with me very well. Oh, that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, it's just a recap of previously on Clone Wars. Well, just over and Obi Wan Kenobi lost his shoe. The loosey goosiness of uh, early on it doesn't it doesn't really feel like they're doing arcs. They're just doing their very monster of the weeky stories. And which hey, you know what? Good. Good for you, Clone Wars. But that's yeah. just not what I'm after. If you can tie the Anakin Skywalker from Clone Wars into the Anakin Skywalker from Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> it's more of a impactful turn. I have I have heard that definitely about Clone Wars, that Clone Wars does a much better job than the prequels of kind of giving Anakin a good to evil. I will say Hayden Christensen did a better job in Attack of the Clones than he gets credit <clears throat> for. His acting is not that bad his the the script is the problem where he's like creeping on padme (laughs) he seems creepy hey to be fair she drew first blood (laughs) yeah but that's the story they wanted to tell like going back and watching it i would have thought this would probably make more sense if padme was like trying to put the moves on him and he was going no well, I'm, a, she, I'm a jedi i can't do that if i remember correctly like she she a little bit like oh you've grown kind yeah, of thing yeah yeah but it, or am i or am i just up in the night there was that a little bit but it, he got there's some points where he's a little too aggressive and she's like no don't talk, oh, don't hey, talk to me like that i'm not gonna I, be it makes me uncomfortable she tells him a couple times you're making me uncomfortable i ain't no creepy anakin apologist by any measure <laughs> But I thought it would have made more sense if she was just smitten with him and couldn't imagine her life without him. Well, and he was going, I can't, I feel the same way, but I'm a Jedi. I can't do that. But instead, it's like, I don't care if I'm a Jedi. I can't imagine not living with you. The The whole Anakin-Padme relationship was pretty, pretty poorly. It, it wasn't half-baked. It was like we didn't even put in all the ingredients. And I don't know why. Why did they decide to make Jedis like priests? Why couldn't a Jedi have a, have Again, a family? Who, the, the they only, talk about attachment and like possessions, but they have this giant <clears throat> Jedi temple oh, yeah. 
They all have you, you go into like uh, where the where all the the masters sit on the Jedi Council and they all have like these individually crafted chairs to perf- <laughs> to perfectly you and know some of them have chairs that will float along. They're the most ergonomic not- chairs of all time to make them as comfortable as who possible. Has the, who has the chair that floats along? They should be sitting on like empty pickle buckets. Does Yoda have a chair that floats along at some point or am I, I he does. He's got like this little lily pad that that he floats around <laughs> on, yeah. <laughs> Almost like Baby Yoda. Uh, spoilers, uh, but they do feel soulless, as like like I said earlier. Y- y- you're right. The the <clears throat> George Lucas had a lot of bad ideas. Right. It's weird because it I've doesn't said, hold up. I've said the newer trilogy, probably its biggest failure is there wasn't a real singular vision. Yes. That anyone. No, had. for sure. They might. They might have had. I think. I think that this trilogy. There was a vision, but it was a vision. It wasn't. It wasn't Ryan Johnson's vision. It wasn't really J.J. Abrams' vision. It was Disney's vision, and in the end, Disney didn't have confidence in that to follow through. Mm-hmm. They by by uh, Rise of Skywalker. Disney was just like, "You guys aren't mad at this, right? We're doing the thing that you wanted. Could you please? Could you please be okay with this?" Well, in, when they developed the characters, except Ray's her own thing, yeah. but. It definitely is in the mold of Luke Skywalker. And then mm-hmm. you got Poe, who is in the mold of uh, Han He's, Solo. Yeah. And Finn, I guess, is supposed to be like Lando, He's I guess. Kind of, I don't know. He's kind of Leia. Kind of, a well, little bit Leia. I don't know. That, that's, a little bit Lando. That's a BSing. But, uh, Leando. Leando, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Le- Leando Organilisson. Organ... Rizian. Or, well, only organ Rizian. Organ Rizian. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> they got pills for that. If you can't yeah, get it up, organ Rizian. I, I do. I, man, I've, I'm suffering some, from some organ Rizian right now. Oh. Ugh. Oh. No, but we might have the, to go open the door in a minute. But that's the thing is that, like, they, they both, they both, um, the prequels suffer from, you had a guy who had a very clear, uh, Vision that would but it was really a divert. bad. It vision. was a bad. It was ex- <laughs> it was rife with bad ideas, <laughs> and then you have this new trilogy that was rife with pretty good ideas in a lot of ways. Right. That they just didn't have either. They didn't have a clear vision, or they weren't confident enough to stick to it. I think they should have made three movies with starting in the same era as Revenge of the Sith, instead of uh, you know. Anakin is a little kid. Just go, okay, this is the story. Anakin Skywalker has been raised by blah, 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 blah. He's been trained by Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then boom, boom, boom. Three good movies. Starting with Anakin as a kid was a was brash. Right. I'm not saying it couldn't be done. Because Jake Lloyd, I know he's gotten a lot of like crap from Star Wars fans. He's a lovable little kid, and he's super cute in you that movie. You just watched and him in Jingle All the Way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a lovable little kid. He doesn't seem bad or evil at all. There's, you know, he loves his mom. He wants to help out the strangers that got stranded on the planet. He's a good person. So it, to to make him like this lovable little kid, and then eventually turn him into Darth Vader, is weird. Well, it's not, no, it's not weird because. I mean, even in, in, in A New Hope, the whole premise is he was good friends with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, he was a great Jedi that they just didn't really 
it was it was rife with bad ideas. I think the Clone Wars cartoon does a better job of showing their relationship than I mean, the movies not, do. You're not wrong in that hinging the whole thing on that he's in love with this person that he can't be in love with because he's a he's a space priest. Right. And he's obsessed with having her be immortal. And he should have just left the Jedi. If anything, the prequels, I, I've thought about this. If anything, the prequels, hey, good job, George Lucas, in screwing up the Jedi so badly. You gave Ryan Johnson a good way to, an interesting thing for Luke to chew on. Right. Of that, you know, in a lot of ways, like, that's the thing is that you none of this stuff was there during the original trilogy, which makes the original trilogy weird because you have this series, this you know, these space cops slash priests <laughs> that were kind of up their own ass about their own religion to the point that they kind of lost it because they weren't keeping their eye on the prize. And then you have a new hope where Obi-Wan Kenobi really waxes poetic about it and does not tell Luke any of that stuff. Right. Uh, his version of what happened between him and Anakin, very different than the, you know, what quote unquote happened. So, in Star Wars, if they just did genealogy, it would answer a lot of questions for people. Yeah, if there, <laughs> what is it? If they had twenty three and Me, you know, yeah. they could have figured a lot out. But uh, or or who would or think in a, in a galaxy full of people and planets, the one girl you're going to kiss is your sister? Who knows? Yeah, that's pretty messed up. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say that I'm not going away from Star Wars, but I want to bring something else up. Uh, you may you may realize I reversed and engineered this joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got your hand out. Are you trying to? Are you trying? Yeah, to I'm trying to use the force. What are you doing? Are you trying to influence me through the force? Or are you casting a Witcher sign on I'm me? I'm trying to choke slash use my mind tricks. Okay. A lot of people like I've been seeing people upset about Jojo Rabbit and because and it's people that haven't even seen the movie and they're upset going. I can't believe they made Hitler this this comedic character. It's irresponsible. It's disrespectful. Blah blah blah. All I would say is, after watching the prequels, it could have been worse. <laughs> it could have been Jar Jar Rabbit. <laughs> Jar Jar Rabbit. Yes. <laughs> I thought of that earlier today. I was like, "That's Misa, what I'm going to name the episode." I just got to think that Misa think the Jews are muy bon bad, bon bad Jewish people. Uh, <laughs> the planet core. The uh, planet core. Yeah, boy. I, I will say I'm. I really, you know, I really like Jojo Rabbit, but I am. I am open to people who have an opinion about the, making making some Nazis endearing is a touchy subject. I mean, but. <sighs> The Hitler thing. I mean, look, Mel Brooks didn't. Hasn't Mel Brooks basically done things like that of making? Oh yeah, Hitler the producers. Goofball? Springtime for Springtime Hitler. Springtime for Hitler. Even in Glorious Bastards, Hitler's kind of like. I mean, he's he's evil and stuff, but he's also kind of just so over the top. No, making it's scene chewing and spoilers for Jojo Rabbit like that. The Hitler in it definitely comes around on. He's not. He's not your friend. He's also an imaginary character inside this child's mind. This indoctrinated, he's not actually this indoctrinated playing Hitler. child's mind. Right. He's not actually this, Hitler. This this <laughs> Nazi child does not have historical uh, 
you know, he, he doesn't have the <laughs> reference for Hitler being evil because he's in the midst of being evil. If they had made this movie and he was actually playing Hitler, I, I would listen to people complaining about it. But he's a figment of this kid's imagination. Now, I think the touchy part of it that, I, again, I would listen to that argument is there are characters in it who are Nazi-ass Nazis that they make endearing in the movie. I don't know. I mean, it's... And that's that's a... It's 80 years later, and they're trying to make something entertaining. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it, but... I liked it. I like Jojo Rabbit. I think art art is supposed to push the envelope and go into ideas that we haven't thought about. We We discussed... Uh, I don't. Were we talking on here, or were we talking before we started about <laughs> about the Marvel movies, like no, Black Panther, started, Black yeah. Panther, Captain Marvel? We both enjoyed them, but they they are very formulaic. I don't, I don't like the jump from hey, it's maybe it's okay to. I don't like the jump from discussing it whether or not it's okay to make Nazis and daring in movies to, you know, and what they did with Black Panther. But we were saying, <laughs> as much as we liked them, they are formulaic movies. Yes. So Jojo Rabbit is like nothing you've ever seen before. They are pushing boundaries. They're testing some ideas that people haven't thought of before. I mean, that's kind of what art is supposed to do, especially comedy. Comedy is supposed to push boundaries. Well, that's that's part of that discussion. Did, as part of art, it's it's a valid discussion to say, are we sure this is the kind of, you know, is this the kind of thing we want to do? There, hey, look, man, as a comedian, you know there are some jokes on stage. You can make you can make any joke on stage you want, right? But you know there are jokes you make on stage. You are you are from ranges of you're gonna you know cool out the room to you are going to kind of hurt your career by making a joke that maybe right, exactly. maybe in your mind you could go, oh, that's clever and I can see the humor in it, but that is grossly insensitive and I will not get away with saying this out loud. But there are some people, and I'm not one of these people, there are some people that don't care. They want to push that boundary. There are some people, and I'm, I'm glad that these comedians exist. I'm not one of them myself. But there are people that think that comedy is supposed to piss people off. Sure. Yes, I know and those comics it, as well. And those, like uh, Lenny Bruce. I, I was bad-mouthing Andy Kaufman earlier. Lenny Bruce, like, I don't think a lot of what he said was funny, but I appreciate what he did. Yeah, you know? yeah that, that was actually... At the when time, were, it was probably hilarious. When but, you were talking about Kaufman, that was the exact same person I thought of was Lenny Bruce of, I have all the respect in the world for what he did but anytime i've ever watched lenny bruce stuff is just like it's this stuff just isn't landing with he well yeah i think it's just because the time difference and maybe that's part of kaufman too but i think kaufman was just trying to be weird and make people laugh because it was weird it's you hear about that 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 first movie with the train coming at the screen people like jumping out of the way it's like (laughs) lenny bruce's comedy was just a train coming at the screen for laughs well lenny bruce was i mean he was he was getting a train, arrested almost he was every a train night. Coming at the screen. Yeah, that, he was a guy that was like, "I don't care if this kills me. I'm going to fight this fight." And you know, thank goodness for him, as far as I'm concerned. But I'm, there, art is supposed to do that, and not not every artist can do that. Like, not every comic can go out and push those boundaries. Because if every comic was doing it, comedy would go away pretty quick. You'd yeah. see people freaking out. Yeah, and you were talking about that thing with Kaufman, where he would just sit down and read. Was it poetry you said, or what was it? I can't remember. It was a book. It was a, it was a classic literature book. I've, I've told you I've been reading that book on kids in the hall, and I think there have been there's been at least one, if not more, 
you know, anecdotes about some of the early sketches before they, you know, got the show and stuff. They've even said, talked about things like that of doing a kind of mundane thing that there were a few giggles at first and then it got to almost a hostility and then just somehow looped back on itself and became hilarious again. Right. And they, you know, maybe some of those were cough, with Coffin. Maybe that is what happened. Maybe sometimes maybe. it did loop back on itself, but then maybe sometimes it was like, this just never landed. Well, that's kind of what Coffin was, is it would be awkward for a while, and people laugh because it's awkward. And then it would stop being funny for a while, and then it suddenly became funny again. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I understand maybe it. Maybe that's just, what George it doesn't appeal to me. for, is he was hoping maybe these prequels are going to loop back on themselves <laughs> and be good again. I mean, I do like Revenge of the Sith. It's just the other two. For some reason, I remembered Attack of the Clones being better. <laughs> it, it probably is the worst one. Okay. I think it might be the worst Star Wars movie. Dexter Jettister, where are you at? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's the look of the character. I, I, w- I could do without the mustache. It's And the fact that he works at like this weird It's diner. incredibly dumb. It sticks out like a, thor- a sore thumb. Still kind of charming somehow? Yeah, I, I like him as In a character. And I, I kind of like that Obi-Wan gets excited when he sees him. Like, hey, Dex. And he kind of is like almost bashful. Like, like we've seen some stuff together. You yeah. know? The Dexter Jettister thing is uh, trying to look at it like it's, it is bad. It is bad. But I look at it now, I'm like... like Maybe the only from... Star Wars character to ever pull their pants up on screen. <laughs> <laughs> With his backhand. <laughs> well, and, th- and there's also... There's a flow robot. Yeah, there is. <laughs> the, is divorced from divorced from everything else. Like, divorced from the first time that I saw that movie and going, what in the hell is this? <laughs> it's it's kind of silly in a way that's kind of fun, I guess. And, and the same thing of... Uh, Star Wars Minute and other people talk about, like, divorce from all this stuff. Um, I, I got to stop saying divorce from stuff. Uh, with time, uh, Obi-Wan the detective is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, kind of a, a crime detective story featuring Obi-Wan is mm-hmm. kind of cool. No, it is. So. But. There should have been more of that. Wrapped up within a movie that is just so boring. I think it gets to, like like 45 minutes or so before Obi-Wan has that battle with Jango Fett. And we're like 45 minutes in. Oh, now we see, we see some action 45 minutes in God. Speaking of with that, like just treading all the oldest territory of like, Oh man, the, the, the double punch of what we've talked about. It's a galaxy far, far away. That's two blocks wide of, right. Of course, Boba Fett. (laughs) <laughs> of course right they they couldn't boba fett couldn't be something that happened outside of you know anakin you know the skywalker universe it had to be they ran into kid boba fett and why did all the clones need to be after one person you wouldn't like well i don't know just get like a i feel like get it was like a six 16 people <clears throat> like a, a basic crayola pack all three <laughs> all three trilogies i'm i'm hitting upon that travis we're in we're in new territory i'm hitting upon this right now all three trilogies were marketing kind of in their own way of the original trilogy was marketing for toys. Mm-hmm. The new trilogy is marketing for Disney plus the prequels were marketing for George Lucas's. I figured out, I got a new suite of special effects. Right. Totally check me out. And I think that the whole idea of all of the clones being Tamora Morrison was George Lucas goes, 
dude, we can do this, right? <laughs> the computer say we can do this, right? Yeah, we're going to make them all Tamura Morrison. It's going to look rad. I will say, in defense of the original trilogies, they had no idea that it was going to be so popular, which is why for Christmas of 1977, people would buy a piece of cardboard that had pictures of the toys that were eventually going to come out sometime oh, in May. <laughs> I know. I'm saying that. In the, I mean, obviously, in the same way that, like, Disney Plus wasn't a thing when The Force Awakens came out. But, right. You know, like, Rise of Skywalker, there are, like, we've talked about, it, and I, I, I hope you would agree with me at this point, is, like, there are points in, uh, in Rise of Skywalker, they're, like, they definitely want some Disney Plus out of this. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And like, Or, again, that, like I said... I really they want to branch characters off. Uh, Baby Yoda the healer definitely was a calculated thing to be like, oh, we, for sure. We, yeah. We're doing this in Rise of Skywalker and we need to try and take some of the heat off of it just all of a sudden showing up. Because they brought it out like two days early. Yeah. So it would be seen <clears throat> before the movie started. Which in, on, to me doesn't matter. Like, that's the funny thing is for me, they didn't need to justify that. Like, she can heal people. Sure. Cool. Uh, that's great. Right. It's like Go for uh, it. how she could uh, make lightning come out of her hands. The only other characters that could do that were Palpatine and Dooku, who was trained by Palpatine. So. What have you. Again, those were the things that didn't matter so much to me. I always got the the impression by watching the the Clone Wars cartoon that Obi-Wan, his big strength is mind control. He seems to be better oh, yeah. at it. He seems to be better at it than other Jedi. So Jedi's just like regular people have have strengths. Like Anakin's an excellent pilot. Also, he kills little kids. He's so good at killing little kids. <laughs> so freaking good at it. Efficient, calculating, doesn't really question it. Uh, <laughs> and then his wife. And then no, she. No, he did not kill his wife, Travis. She died from sadness. You're breaking my Do heart. Do not give George Lucas that break. She died from sadness. <laughs> Oopa dooba deba dop robot said she died from sadness. Yes, that robot is weird. How it's got that like robot is this, creepy as this hell. This vaginal spoon that it just kind of it the hand turns Again, and goes. That that robot <laughs> that robot in a few minutes just about as creepy as Anakin. Booba deba booba deba do. Oh, so George Lucas, you're so weird. They should have just thrown her in a Bacta tank. I had a point that I was trying to make, but you you, you stonewalled me with, uh, yeah. <laughs> with that. Where was I going, Travis? I don't remember. Uh, no, you, you were talking about... Uh, oh, I want to ask you about this, because did you at any point when, at the end, when, look, we're, we're, we've... Hey, look, nobody cares about Rise of Skywalker spoilers. Right. Anymore. Yeah. Just I think I think it's it's when okay. she when she lights up the lightsaber at the end. Did that in any way make you feel like what's the deal with that? No. I've run into a lot of people like, why is hers yellow at the end? Or like, what was the deal with the lightsaber? Like, she built one. That's what Jedi do, right. dude. Well, I know a lot of people right. were hung up on, on the the Leia lightsaber. They're like, is that is that Obi Wan's light? Who, who's light? It's like it's Leia's lightsaber. She, she built, built it. it. She, that's part of do. becoming a Jedi. Nobody at any point said, why is this so weird? Luke? What's the deal with Luke's green lightsaber? Like, right. when I was a kid, you saw it. And went, holy shit! He bu- he built his own lightsaber. Awesome. Right. And it's green. Well, I, I, I didn't know they a, could do that. There's a lot of people hung up. Whether you like the Palpatine coming back thing or not, that's not even what I'm talking about. It's people going, oh, so Palpatine's just been alive this whole time? Why is that so hard to believe? He talks about Darth Plagueis in Revenge of the Sith. 
All he did, he got thrown down a shaft. Yeah, the, the only maybe it's, beef I have with that is he played a real long game. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. I mean, they cut Darth Maul in half and brought him back. Why is it so hard? He got cut in half and then thrown down a shaft. The only, again, the only, the only beef Palpatine I maybe have. Palpatine just got thrown down a shaft. The only beef I maybe have is what we talked about earlier is if they had had a clear enough vision that they really knew that Palpatine was going to be the thing they were building toward, I think there would have been a little bit better foreshadowing of it. Oh, yeah. It was definitely a, what should we do? Yeah. How about Palpatine? I don't mind. We talked That's about That's for I don't sure. That was not when they started the first movie. There was no thought in their head to have Palpatine come back in the third movie. But the people that are like just so hung up on it, it's like, okay, he's the evil Sith. He talks about how he can control who, you know, who dies and things like that. He obviously kept himself alive somehow. Why is that? That's the one thing that you're hung up on in all 11 of these movies and TV series of people that have magical powers and can shoot lightning out of their hands or can lift things up off the ground or make people think things. You're hung up on that he didn't die when they threw him down a shaft, even though other characters have been thrown down shafts. Luke jumped down a shaft, survived. Shaft? He's one bad mother. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Uh, did you... Speaking of shafts... Mace Windu. The shaft of Ray's lightsaber? Have you heard... Real quick, have you Ooh. heard the, the hacky joke my son told it to me? He said, Ooh. somebody online, I, I can't remember who he attributed it to. He's oh. like, is his name Mace Windu because he gets thrown out a window? I think I've heard things <laughs> to that. Yeah. It's so dumb. Things it's to that degree. It's so dumb that it's I funny. I think we talked about my deal was uh, seeing Mace Windu was... Uh, we talked about this before. Like he landed somewhere. Yeah. You don't find out. I, in my canon, he landed at some kid's birthday party. Well, in uh, <laughs> that is funny. Like the Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters too. Well, <laughs> no, I just the idea of like I, you know the kids you know got the got the thing on. He's about to hit a Jar Jar pinata, and all of a sudden <laughs> this like dismembered corpse, fried corpse, like lands. He could have survived. Yeah. I mean, we saw uh, Anakin jumping out of we cars saw Anakin in, lit on, in Attack of the Clones. We saw Anakin lit on fire from lava. And That's he true. Made it, he made it out. That's true. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But in Attack of the Clones, he's jumping and he's flying down and just landing on cars in Coruscant. Because apparently there's always something in between you and the ground in Coruscant. So Mace Window could have survived. Mace Window could have survived. The shaft of uh, Ray's lightsaber. Did it look like she made it out of her staff to you? Oh, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. I when I go so, see it again, I'll look for it though. Here was here was something that I went wasn't my looking head. at Ray's shaft. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> One thing that was kind of going through my head with that is because it looks like the tip of that little spear that she has, that little staff that she. That would has. be cool if that's what she did. I wondered him. I was like, was that a lightsaber? Was that like her dad's lightsaber the whole time, and she just kind of figured it out later? That would be cool. That's again. That's like a whole conjecture thing, but that that's what it looks like. It looks like the end of. I feel like we're gonna get a Disney Plus series about Ray's Ray's parents. Uh, well, they sure as hell couldn't fit it, little baby Ray tough to fit it in the any kind of any kind of uh, exposition about what their deal was. Is it okay if we call her Baby Ray? Baby Ray, <laughs> sweet baby Ray, sweet baby. Because <laughs> people get mad about Baby Yoda. It's not Yoda. It's not Yoda. We know it's not Yoda. What else are you going to call it? I'm not going to call it the I know, child. That's the thing. The child is so generic. If the child is so generic, like I, 
it honestly, it kind of pisses me off that they didn't attribute some sort of name to that thing so that we could stop calling it Baby Yoda. If I walked into a room with 50 children and I said, the child, they would look at me like I'm a crazy person. If I said Baby Yoda, they would cheer. That's all you need to no, know. I, look, don't get me wrong. I know why it is the way it is. It's right. just logically in my head. If if like uh, if a puppy came in here, look, it's a baby rover. I'd be like, no, it's a dog. You know what they are. You know, the most George Lucas thing to do is have its name be Baby Yoda, but spelled in a weird way. Baba Yoda. Yeah. Like there was a there was a Jedi named I'm a Gundai. Did you know that? Uh, no. Yes, there was a Jedi named I'm a Gundai. Or if you're J.J. Abrams, try and tie it into the Beastie Boys somehow. <laughs> you know that stuff? No sleep till Brooklyn. No, no you, I didn't know that he was tying tons things. Of, like, if you look at the names of a lot of the J.J. Abrams Star Wars characters, there are a lot of... Is there a brass monkey? There, I, Probably. <laughs> I haven't, th- That was another one on, on uh, Star oh. Wars Minute. Someone that, something that I was listening to or looking at, they go through it as... J.J. Abrams is way into the Beastie Boys, and he puts it in his stuff. Sabotage. I say sabotage. Sabotage. (laughs) Sabotage. Speaking of, uh, dude, what's doing the new Star Trek has maybe been talking about. The new Star Trek movies have been talking about, like, we maybe aren't going to do... Yeah, different cast. And that's fine. Well, those movies kind of fizzled. Yeah, and also Anton Yell... Anton Yelchin passed away. Anton Yelchin passed away. And they already said, we don't want to recast a different checkoff. It's okay if they go away. We know. We can just assume after after they they defeat uh, Idris Elba that they they go on to the original series adventures. (sighs) Look, if you can defeat Idris Elba, you should get something out of it. (laughs) Ah, Do you think you can make a brand new Star Wars movie? with that's not tied to any of the original type properties no like, yeah, you can do star trek discovery as a but even like spock's in star trek discovery right what do you mean by tied to like you don't have a spock you don't like have would a you consider you would you consider the mandalorian tied to what what is it tied to i mean well yeah but you can't you can do that with star wars right but it's all that's also a tv series that's what i'm talking about is if you had Star Wars, the Star Wars. I mean, look, they they haven't yet. They've done a bunch of Star Wars movies. They've done a bunch of uh, side story movies, but they're all tied to the Skywalker legacy in one way or another. Ewok Adventures. Oh, we still. <laughs> we all know Wilford Brimley was a secret Skywalker. Come on now. Uh. <laughs> Come on, Travis. Quaker Oats. Travis. <laughs> Somewhere, in if he if he had the force, <laughs> like, that would have been cool. I want to see, I want to see the Ewok adventure crawl, and, but it's master of, diabetes. In, I was gonna say instead of the dead speak, it just comes up and says diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dead the dead speak is so funny, and it's <sighs> kind of. <sighs> I'm on board with new Star Trek movies with a new cast. That's uh, completely outside of any yeah. of the yeah. Why not? I'm I'm not necessarily off board. I just I'm very curious whether or not it can land as a success. I think if you get the right people in it, you're gonna need a big star. Yeah, sure. You're I, gonna, undoubtedly, you know, if going forward with it, they're going to get they're gonna spend the money they need to, and they're gonna get the people they need because Star Trek is still a very profitable. 
you know, property. I was very anti this when it was first talked about, and I haven't heard anybody talk about it since. But I think now I would be on board with a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie. Sure. I yeah, think sure. that would I think that would be pretty cool actually. I think if anything one of the one of the problems with Star Trek and that's why I was kind of thinking along the lines of is Star Trek is a for for its benefit is kind of rigid mm-hmm. and you don't get like uh, all of the various and sundry Star Trek series and properties they're all you know they have their differences but they're all I don't know. It doesn't feel like you could kind of do anything the way that maybe Star Wars Star Wars bread and butter is these wild shifts in in culture right. and looks and things and like I mean one of the gags about Star Trek for the longest time has been if it's an alien just whip something on their whip a dime on their forehead and that's their race <laughs> whatever your race is in Star Trek it's whatever your forehead looks like <laughs> to me did it, I say that right I understand what you're saying yeah did I say Jim yeah. Carrey instead of Star Wars you said Adam Sandler this okay. time yeah I, I I always it's got to be fun though. Like the new, the new ones, the Chris Pine ones, they were fun. There was, there was fun to be had in them. The old ones are fun. They're fun, but they're a different kind of fun. Like Star, I love Star Trek, but to me as a kid growing up, Star Wars was going into Toys R Us and Star Trek was like going into (laughs) this, this like red balloon where they've got like abacuses and like puzzles and things like that like this is a, this is like sugar cereal and this this is this is weed star wars was going to the house on halloween and getting a full-size snickers yeah star trek was going to the series to the house and they give you an apple or a toothbrush yeah it was like star trek will will intellectually yeah, that's nourish right. you, you star trek and it'll make you think but it might be pretty boring along the way Star Trek felt more like school, and Star Wars felt more like this recess. Is, yeah, this is well-tread territory, certainly. That's why I'm saying is if if they do a new Star Trek franchise that doesn't that is divorced from these characters, I'm saying it again, but <laughs> they're just separated so, and look, we just talked, trying to work it out. We talked about that, like raise a raise a Luke, pose a Han, so. I feel like you're going to have this thing where you're going to have a character that's the, you know, Kirk. You're going to have the Spock. Mm-hmm. You're going to have... They're just going to be analogs for the other characters anyway. So why bother doing new characters if they're just going to kind of be by any other name? They should do Star Trek The Office. <laughs> I am into those kind of ideas, sure. Just have, yes. like, the weirdest, quirky characters that in real life make zero sense on their weird. own. But you put them in with a bunch of people, and all of a sudden, it it becomes an ensemble. Make maybe a Star Trek comedy is what needs to happen. Make it something that's just the other thing. Which here's a transition. People are going to say that's the Orville, but I've never seen the Orville. I don't like Seth MacFarlane. So. It's not a thing, Travis. It's not a thing. I refuse to. I refuse to recognize it as a thing. The Orville. The only Orville for me is Redenbacher. Indeed. Uh, where was I going? Oh, yeah, much like you could do Star Trek The Office and make it weird. Just like you could, instead of doing Ocean's Eleven, you just do Six Underground. Yes. I'm Which, glad we got to the that. The final line of <laughs> spoilers for the end of Six Underground, the final line is just basically saying, <laughs> we were totally Ocean's Eleven, weren't we? <laughs> Isn't that like the last line? Is like, 
oh, could we do something nice like rob a casino this time? <laughs> it's so fun. It jumps right in, right into action. Just like an insane chase. Did you re- uh, realize the, the spy? Uh, is she a French spy? That's uh, the, the female woman. The female, the female Travis. Yeah. Okay, Travis. That's uh, she's in <laughs> Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Is uh, no, she's the CIA spook. Oh, but she was French, right? I I watched this and I saw her. and I'm like, I where do I know her from? Like, I really like her. I really like her. She's awesome. And I look like, oh yeah, it's her. It's her name. What was her name in Glorious? Sha Sha Shia LaBeouf. Shia Shenandoah. Shenandoherty. Sharif. Abdul Rahim. I can't. I can't help uh, you here because you've already condemned Shoshona. my phone. Shoshona. I wish I could remember her t- name because I looked it up. It is. It's Shoshona. Oh, her real no, name. No, I looked I up know. her real name and it was like I'm like I need to look up an interview because I might pronounce this wrong. And did you recognize the other woman that's in it? The doctor? No. Uh, she was in uh, Good Omens. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was she? Yeah. She. Uh, Anathema. Was that yeah. who she was? Yeah. Okay. God. Good Omens seems so long ago. Yeah, it seems like it was a year ago. It seems like it was a lifetime. Uh, yeah. Why is it that that seems so long ago? I don't know. I think Was it just that it was all, like it was binged and it just... I think so. I think that's the that's the detriment to binging for me anyway, is it, it's over so fast. It doesn't feel that way with like Stranger Things. I don't get it. I don't know why Good Omens... The boys, fe- the boys doesn't feel that long ago. Hmm. Yeah, Whatever. Anyway, Six Underground. Um, it's probably my favorite direct-to-Netflix movie that I've seen. Really? Yeah, it was just so out there, and it was like it was like the A team if you were smoking crack. Travis Tate on record. <laughs> Six Underground better than The Irishman. Although The Irishman wasn't direct-to-Netflix. I haven't seen it. I know I've seen some direct-to-Netflix movies that were pretty rad, but. There's so much collateral damage in this movie, though. The action. So many innocent people die on the streets. (laughs) Brutal action. Just tires flying off and hitting innocent. So many tire deaths. It's funny because in that in the very first scene in the chasing when they're going through that like uh, that roundabout in the town square or whatever. And it's they almost hit a dog, they almost hit a baby, and it's in slow motion. Yeah, and they're they're kind of making fun of just the near misses that are happening. But the rest of the movie, if you see somebody on the street, there's a ninety percent chance they're going to get hit by something. I will admit, I I wasn't paying good. There was so I this is how good of attention I was paying early in the. I, I got better as it went on. I don't remember how they picked up the doctor. Yeah, they never actually talked about her. Do they her. never talk about yeah, that? Yeah, they never got to her. Okay, there was a brief moment where... She worked at a dentist office. That's all we know. <clears throat> there was a brief moment where I thought that the lady that he ends up with, because they look uh, just a, enough similar that with me not paying attention, that for a minute I was like, is that the doctor lady? But uh, No, yeah, that, that was the one character they didn't no, they, really do a background on. They're in no way the same person. I'm just saying, early on in that movie, I was like... I was folding laundry. Ah. So early on in that movie, I wasn't. I was kind of half-assed watching it. So early on in that movie, I'm like, huh? if if you're wa- if you're doing laundry while you're watching Six Underground, you should be doing laundry like like Robin and say- Batman and Robin. <laughs> Do you remember him doing his laundry? No. No, I don't. It's all wet, and he's like wringing it out and flipping it oh, around, and just like what? doing okay. ninja moves with it okay, to get the water me. out. Yep. And then he mops up the floor. Yep. <laughs> Dumbest scene in any Batman movie of nope. all time. Nope. 
Look, I'm not going to say it's not dumb, but Travis, <laughs> the back credit card is still a threat. Yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> so. a back credit card. <laughs> well, he can't just use Bruce, Bruce Wayne's credit card. I mean, let's let's be realistic. He does need a separate account for Batman. He could just carry cash. <laughs> he could have just carried cash. <laughs> Where's he going to put that wallet? <laughs> I don't know. Where, where do you put the credit card? I know. We're... we're <laughs> We're getting out in some real weeds on and this his one. his bat ass cheeks. So help me, speaking of, of leaps of logic, help me figure this one out, Travis. Okay. Oh, no, my highly skilled driver just died. <laughs> I think I need to hire a sniper. A sniper, to, <laughs> yep, to take the place of the driver. No, that, I've got, that was definitely in I've my mind. I've got at least two people on my crew who are really good at shooting. I think I knew, need someone who is the best shooting. The sniper. But what he didn't realize at the time was... I'm not hiring a sniper. I'm hiring the heart. Yep, he was the heart of the team. Ron Funches is in that scene. Ron Funches. Ron Funches being hired because they're like, Ron Funches, I swear to God, being hired and going, could you just be Ron Funches at this funeral for yeah. us, please? <laughs> just make it about you. That's all you have to do. We didn't We <laughs> didn't write a single... All we wrote... Okay, here's the script, and they hand him the script, and they, he opens it, and it says, hire Ron Funches and let him be Ron Funches. <laughs> that was a funny scene. It was a funny movie. At least I thought it was funny. Eh, it was, I laughed a bunch of times. A lot of it was the kills that made me laugh. Okay. Hey, look, <laughs> I'll probably be on board with you for that one. Did you like the THX gag? No. I no, thought, actually, I thought I didn't. that was funny. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Hey, fine. The, the, it, the movie, as far as like premise and stuff, didn't land so much with me. Action-wise, I was like, wow. That wow. Poor, parkour kid? That was pretty <laughs> impressive. Oh, no. Travis, say it right. I don't remember what his name was. The Skywalker. The Skywalker. Okay, how could I forget that? That was that was a that was a bad call. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't have called him the Skywalker. He's anyway, the Skywalker. We just kept going parkour. Again, yeah, parkour. Yeah, parkour. 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 Uh, those sort of designations because the assassin. Mm-hmm. Did he? Did he? Nest- I mean, all of them were assassinating the hell out of everybody. Right. So when his code name was the assassin. He didn't do anything that made me like he didn't separate himself as an assassin, which is why you know, I don't even remember which one was the assassin. The the dude, the burly dude, the burly dude from Mexico. Yeah. OK. I can't remember their code names. The, the, the burly dude that was the sensitive dude who didn't get to be the heart. Yeah, he wasn't the heart. Oh, well, he was the heart, but he didn't get to be the heart. <laughs> <laughs> he was. That's the thing. OK. OK. Sniper guy. He gets to be the heart and commended for it. Burly guy, he's the heart, but he gets ridiculed for it. He gets the laughing gas by choice. Yeah. <laughs> that, I was like, all right. This is kind of amusing, but at the same time, it's kind of hard to believe that somebody called the assassin would purposely breathe in. The- <laughs> is, that how, is that how laughing gas works, even? I don't know. It, it does make you, like, goofy. That's why there's a lot of comedians that use it. <laughs> they're like addicted to it i i think i need to look that up just because there that is a very 80s speaking okay rife with that movie rife with jokes of like this would have landed i mean directed by michael bay right this would have landed so huge in the 90s number one laughing gas is something that i feel like i, I feel like was more 80s but she worked at a dentist office, which is why she knew. Along the lines of laughing gas. Along the lines mm-hmm. of um, like Australians being a gimmick in the eighties of like, isn't this quaint Australians? 
I think in the 80s, laughing gas was a thing that, like, none of us really know what it does, but it's called laughing gas. It gives you the giggles. <laughs> but the So the other things, the THX gag would have been amazing in the 90s. Yeah. Also... The reference, though. Hey, did you do you remember going to the movies from 1992 to 2003 yeah. or whatever the dates were? Yeah, just like Michael Bay can? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so can, I've done those two. Can you Can you name... The third and final, probably not final, the third, this gag is too outdated for you to use in this movie. Oh, boy. Um, TikTok. I don't know. It's, been like, it's been like two weeks since I've seen it now. <laughs> is it The Magnet? No. Although not, that movie, that bit would have played huge in the 90s. But also I was like, okay, this is a fun, this is a fun way. Like this is contrived. This is almost certainly not how magnets work. Get the <laughs> get the get the insane clown posse in here because they need to tell me whether or not the magnets can work this way. Have you ever heard Pete Holmes' uh, magnets bit? It's about magic, where he goes to watch a magic show. I made a face like it's going to play on this thing. <laughs> he goes to see a magic show because he like really legitimately loves watching magic shows. That makes and there's a guy in the crowd sense. going, "It's all magnets. <laughs> it's magnets." <laughs> Like, that doesn't explain anything. It's magnets. <laughs> I kind of like that guy. I do kind of like that guy. No, that like, it was big and dumb and probably made a lot of plot holes or, like, a lot of, like, why weren't they just doing this the whole time? But whatever. It made for action scenes that are different than kind of what I've seen before. Mm-hmm. So, fine. No, the outdated gag I'm talking for, talking of is, it's 2019 slash 20. No one is going to, like, no one not our age is going to get your Spice Girls joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, no, like, I I have to see a whole generation Maybe the of script people. has been around for 20 years. That is entirely And they just didn't, they're like, hey, all right, Netflix said yes, don't worry about updating it, just based start. On a movie, like, <laughs> a whole movie based on a song from the 90s. A team name based on a song from the 90s. But, um, uh, tell you what I want, what I want, but when he did that, when he put on, he's like, yo man, that was intense. I just need a little music and it's wannabe. I'm like, yeah. there's a whole generation of people who doesn't get why Ryan Reynolds is so mad at him right now. <laughs> there's nothing about that song in a modern context that goes like, Oh no, there's funny stuff in there though. The eyeball. That was funny. That yeah. whole, that whole car chase is, is pretty fantastic. It's it's an it's an okay movie. I was fine. I ain't mad at that movie. I didn't Travis. I didn't hate it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. It it definitely had some pretty good action. Which it's a Michael Bay movie. That's why you should be there. Right. Uh, All right. I, I I'm glad you at least kind of liked it because uh, I had fun of, watching it. A, a silly enough premise that I was both mad at it and fine with it at the same time. The idea right. of the team is like. We're only your only numbers. You're not a person. You have yeah. to fake your own yeah. death. And then, meanwhile, he's going off and sneaking off and checking on his ex girlfriend slash and and child. Yeah, child with a with a, like a seventies Sesame Street haircut. Well, at the at the end of the movie, they've thrown out the premise of them not having names. True, but he, he knew exactly Mac- where to find them. Sniper McCarthy you know I mean? threw that out the window. All right. Well, we should probably. We're, we're at an hour. Sorry, I'm reading a, a text from Vicky Barbalak right now. <laughs> oh, well, please tell so. her I said hi. Okie dokie, artichokey. So we will get to the part, the part of the program that I would love to tell you, Travis. Look, Travis, did you like our show? 
Indeed, I did. Travis, could I ask you a few favors? Yes. Travis, I would like you to subscribe to our podcast. I've already done that. Trav, do me a big favor. Go on your, whatever your podcast provider that you're using, rate us. Five stars is the best. We love a five-star rating, but I, as the person I am, I have to say, just be honest. Dude. And if you're, also while you're being honest, write us a one-sentence review. Let people know what you thought about us. That's the way we become visible. But if you cannot be bought, <laughs> Travis, if you can't be bothered to do that, please, it's the smallest of favors I can ask you, tell a friend about our podcast. And you know what? Here's another thing you can do. When you go visit your family, log into their iTunes account and don't <laughs> don't just give us your feedback and five-star reviews. While you're setting up your... Use their stuff too. They're never going to know. They're not going to mind. While you're your parents and you're setting up their, their like parental controls on their TV to stop letting them look at Fox News, <laughs> also grab their phone and set them up to subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. Make them mad always you can. Automatic subscribe. They won't know why they don't have any, then, any data left, but it'll be okay. Send us an email at latertothetater <laughs> at gmail.com to let us know how you screwed your parents over by introducing them to us. I want to know how Vicky and Debbie or Bob and Glo and whatever your parents' names are. I don't know. I can't think of names right now. But I want to know that they're they're listening. Otis and Jeroboam. There you go. Otis and Jeroboam. That's from the Bible, right? <laughs> uh, not racist. Craig and I one day were talking about uh, like Mormon names being biblical, uh -huh. and we ran across where is where are the Jeroboams out there? How about Lavelle? We got we got Lavelle and Olean. <laughs> Olean. Yeah, I want Lavelle and Olean to be giving us some five star reviews on on iTunes. Hey man, and hey. listen to us on Laughable too. Hey, what's the deal with this steak? Like, it, it's it's tasting really good. Oh, lean. Lean. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a bit. Olean. You know what? You know you know what's a bit of a stretch. What? There's no segue here. Blue Wave Theory does our music. They do, and we love it. We love it. And we've got a lot of listeners in Australia, and I want to tell people in Australia, oh, wow. you're going through a lot of crap right now. And um, there, a guy that uh, he's a comic I've met. He's really huge in Australia, Eddie Ift. If you go to any like his Twitter or Instagram or any of that stuff, and you, you find Eddie Ift, it's spelled I F T. Maybe there's two Fs. I don't know. You'll figure it out better than I can right now. And, and he's got links where you can go and donate to like you know, the firefighters and like their red cross and things like that. And just kind of help them rebuild a little, like millions and millions of animals have been killed. I don't know how yeah. many people. Have been. It's really, the, really terrible. The so Australian fires are just devastating and depressing and good. God, right. Man. So, I mean, I mean, money's not the answer to everything, but sometimes money can help them get to some answers. So if you can afford to do that, you know, Give, give some money to Australia. So. so then, Travis, after that bit, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I don't know what I'm doing next week. Hopefully I'll get to see Mick Foley. That'll be cool. Follow me on all, all the Instagrams and Twitters and all that, at Travis Tate Funny. Uh, I'll be doing, I'll be opening for Vicky Barblack tonight. Uh, that'll be fun. Last night was really fun. And uh, she offered to get me on her uh, her show at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club in oh, Nelly. in Vegas, so I'm going to be doing that sometime this year. So oh, looking forward. Watch for me in Vegas. Well, if you haven't got anything else, Trav, you got it. Trav, this is your last chance, buddy. That's all I can think of. Well, then, for koalas, Australians, and good people everywhere, this has been late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake, and I'm Travis Tate, and better Tate than never.